Hey, Sean. Yes, Ray. Serious question. Yeah. Do you think of yourself as like a manly man? No, I don't. My, my short answer is no. So, so do, you think, do you think that you're like less manly than your dad was? Yes, I do. I think that my dad, but I also don't think my dad was, my dad by, by no means was a meathead. My dad, I think my dad was a victim of, of his time where he was a guy who, he had a, he had a backbone and he was a manly, he was a manly guy, but he also had a sensitive side. And I think that he probably wished that would have come out more in his life. But, like, my dad was the type of guy who was, like, a teddy bear and would try to joke around all the time. But when push came to shove, he was, like, a tough guy. It was, like, this really... That's why... I, <laughs> I, I've said this before, maybe. Uh, like, Gandolfini, like, reminded me... Reminds me of... Like, reminded me of my dad. Gandolfini, the actor? The actor. When you hear about Gandolfini, the actor? Okay. Because I guarantee you, like, Gandolfini... Like, he has Tony Soprano in him. He's not Tony Soprano. But I guarantee you, push comes to shove, like... He's, he's soprano-ish, right? Yeah. So my dad, same kind of thing. Like, if he got into it, if he got into it with somebody, he would be a, like a manly man. But like, if if uh, but normally he was just trying to joke around a lot of the time. Well, and and I even mean some other like man qualities <clears throat> of. See, for me, here's here's my thing. If something, if I was actually a homeowner, it would be a bad thing. Like, if I don't think I'm like handy. Same here. I mean, I'm, I could do some things, like I could change a tire. Dude, I here's a quick story. I used to work at a bookstore for this guy Albert Ellis, who's like this famous psychologist who died about like ten years ago. And I would just do odd jobs around. I ran the bookstore and do odd jobs around the brownstone where his like institute was, the yeah. Albert Ellis Institute. And one time I'm there, and all I did was replace a doorstop. You know, a doorstop bang, yeah, on yeah. the back of a door. I replaced it. And he was right near me, and I was so proud of myself. I go, look, Dr. Ellis, I replaced the doorstop. <laughs> and he just looks he's like 90 years old. He looks at me and goes, you're a genius. <laughs> <laughs> and, dude, it was like one of the most proud moments of my It was like such a proud moment for me. That's how handy I am. I replaced a doorstop, and I reacted like I was Tim the Toolman Taylor. <laughs> see my my father's extremely handy he's like a great carpenter but i wouldn't say he's like the most stereotypical masculine of dudes like a like a hardened hard ass he's not like he'll show some feeling because all the stories we hear he's he he has a hardened vibe to him but he's a loose cannon. He's, he's just, he cuts up. He's like a detective that doesn't want to play by the rules. Yeah. He's like, he's a guy, he's got two but, things in his refrigerator. He's got, he's got a lady who <laughs> won't talk to him anymore. No, he has two things in his refrigerator, and it is that baking soda that you keep in the back to keep things fresh and a case of Miller Lite. Yeah, that's a detective. <laughs> that's a full-on detective from a movie. My side, uh, my dad was not handy. To the point where he had a friend. Whenever you're not handy, you have to have a friend who's handy. Like, like, like that's a guy. I feel like that's a guy rule. My dad was that friend for a lot of people. He was the the handy. Yeah, guy. and they would pay him to do jobs in like booze. <laughs> that's pretty bad. Yeah, he like he'd like help somebody put on a deck for like a case of beer. <laughs> 
think I got away with it. Yeah, See? I was like, Paul, I think you're getting lowballed. He, my, my dad had a friend uh, who's still alive. His friend Bob Lolly. Oh, we've Bob Lolly. We've mentioned we've talked him before. about Bob Lolly. Probably he's a podcast character at this point. I think he might be. Where uh, at one point Bob Lolly was really handy, but also amazing with cars. Like amazing with, to the point my dad he goes, listen, I'm gonna send you to Bob's for the summer. And you're going to learn about cars. My dad wanted to send me away. Do you know about cars? No. You didn't he never go. did it. Oh. <laughs> I, I was also like two. I was like, it was like the cusp of when that should or shouldn't have happened. I was like 14. My dad wanted to like be like, you will now go with this man to learn about how to be a man. <laughs> really? <laughs> like, like, like you're some 1800s like type you're a, shit. Like you're a Viking or like a. Like a gladiator going to learn? Yeah, or like a Jedi. Like, you're going to go, yes. Like, I was going to Jedi school. That was going to be your mechanic Yoda. (laughs) I think think that might be the manliest job that still exists today is a mechanic. I'd say so. Just a dude come out with just grease and oil all over his hands and just, you know, lies to you about what's wrong with your car so he can upcharge you because he knows that you're such a little bitch that you're not going to question it. You're gonna be like, oh, I do, I do need air filters. Yeah, you can't have your filtered air being all fuzzy or whatever you said. Do you think that the mechanic job has changed ever since that stereotype has been like exposed? No, it no, hasn't. they still they still come out like the guy trying to sell OxyClean with the clean air filter and the dirty air filter, and they hold them up to you, and they're like, "This is what your air filter looks like now. This Meanwhile, is what you're breathing in." They got the dirty one from like their desk. Yeah. They just have it there as like a, a yeah. fake one. Yeah. No, they just went out back, and and they have a bunch of them just laying in some <laughs> in some soil, some and they pull it out, and they're like, "Ah, this looks gross." Because I, I was thinking like after, because that's such an old trope at this point. Like back in the day, you had putty on. Seinfeld, yes. Putty was the honest mechanic, and he goes with the, the episode "The Move," where, where uh, he was stealing Jerry's sex move, and and uh, Elaine found out, or you know, Jerry found out, and he was all pissed. But then when he found out how how honest a mechanic he was, he, he can do my move. I don't care. You know how hard it is to find an honest mechanic. It really is. Yeah, it's really hard to <clears throat> find an honest mechanic, and th- they. Uh, but that stereotype, I guess you haven't been around cars much, living in New York City so much. Or like you haven't no. had your own car in a while. But no, it, I don't think much has changed. Hmm. Yeah, you're probably right. I haven't had a, I haven't owned a car in five years. Me and my ex-wife used to, we had a lease on a Toyota Corolla. Oh, that's what I have. And then before that, it was even longer. Uh, right. Nice machine. Yeah, yeah, very nice I machine. Know. I don't know. I don't know anything about cars. That's a pretty that's a pretty big blind spot. I'll tell you for this me. much. You don't know much about cars, but great driver. I am a good driver. You're a very good driver. I'm very safe. You are very safe. But you're not like too safe. You're not like your old aunt kind of safe where she's like going 30 in yeah. the fast lane. You're like normal person driver. You have nothing to prove safe. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You ever have a friend that like just they're like basically in a Indy 500 when Dude, they go on the highway? What's crazy is I have friends now that still drive like they're 16 trying to impress an older kid in the car. Yep. You know what I mean? Like yeah. just it's like why are you driving 70 miles an hour in a 35 when there is a like a stop sign in 30 feet. I had an experience recently where I had a guy that I didn't know very well. That's also a weird moment. That's a jerk store moment waiting to happen. How do you tell somebody, "Hey, can you slow down?" Cuz you don't want to seem like the asshole. I, I, I had a good one of those. 
What happened? A comic uh, that I knew, an older guy. We were doing a gig in North Carolina. We're driving from Pittsburgh to North Carolina, and it's on the way back. I drove the whole way there. He was driving the way back, and worst driver I've ever been in a car with. And he was he was like in his fifties, and he'd be driving, and I would look over, and I'd notice he just wasn't paying attention anymore. Oh my god! Like not even looking at the road, and like he would just go. Oh, man, look up in those trees there. There's a house. You see that house? And I was like, hey, can you keep your, keep your eyes on the road? And, like, three times I had to warn him that he was driving full speed and there were cars, traffic stopped right in front of him. Then he would go, hey, look at that lake over there. I noticed him, like, swerving. I said, dude. You're in your 50s. You, you've seen a lake, buddy. Come on, keep your eyes on the road. Oh, my God. Like, the whole time we're driving, I was gripping onto the, to the hook up above, like, to the point where, like, my, my bicep hurt, my, like, feet are clenched. You're I'm freaking watching, out. I'm watching the road more than he is. By the way, I'm hungover. Ugh. And I was like, hey, I'm, I'm starving, man. Can we stop and eat? I'm lying because I just want to get out of the car. And we stop. I can barely eat because I was that nervous. I was, like, and that, like, shaken up that I thought we were going to die. And we're walking back out to the car. I said, hey, man, you know what? Let, let, me, let me drive. He said, you were just saying how hungover you were. I was like, yeah, but I just wanted to keep me awake. If I'm in the passenger seat, I'll fall asleep. And he was like, oh, okay, man. That sounds good. And he let you drive. He let me drive. Thank God, huh? Dude, I, I've ne- I was frightened. And, and it, it makes you think, bro. You drive a lot by yourself. How are you not dead? Because you know what it is? It's always those assholes. They're so relaxed in the car, even if they do cause an accident. Almost like what they say about drunk drivers. They're the ones that never get that hurt because they're so malleable. They're so loose. They go with the flow of the, the crash. So I'm sure he's been in some accidents where not much happens to him because he's so like relaxed driving. Possibly. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it, it was... I, but, but that was a moment where I should have been like, where I, I, I don't think I had the right jerk store moment. I just became the driver as passively as possible. I put myself in an uncomfortable situation, driving hungover for five hours, instead of being like, hey, motherfucker, watch the road. Yeah. Look at the road. Yeah. I don't know how he, like, he was just getting bored. And he's a very flighty guy. But. Yeah, but, but it, it, I, how do you not, especially when you have somebody else in the car, that's insane. I had a guy, young guy, driving me from the airport to the hotel on the road, uh, and uh, meaning like when I was on the road, and uh, we're in the car. The whole way, I'm like nervous, just like you were nervous. And uh, at one point, we get, I make it the whole way. I'm like freaking out a little bit in my head. It's not too, too bad, but I'm like, if the ride was like 20 minutes more, I'd be like, dude, you got you to gotta relax. You got to relax, yeah. right? We get to the final little area, the little parking lot where the hotel is, and right as you turn into the main hotel area, there's like one of those islands in the middle. Of the, you know how there's like an island, and then one of the, and there's one lane one way, one lane the other way? Like yeah, you pull, yeah. pull into the parking lot or pull out of the parking lot, right? Okay. He starts pulling in on the pull-out side. He starts, he starts driving right, and there's a car coming on the pull-out side, like the, the exit side, and he's pulling into that side full on, just full force, like speeding into that side. And I go, whoa, 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 around the island, around the island. And he goes, whoa, 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 and then just like kind of spins around real fast. We almost hit this car, and he goes, oh, thanks, man. You're my co-pilot. And I was like, co-pilot? Are you out of your fucking mind? So I was like, I, so I, I thank God that guy did not drive me the rest of the time. Oh, not at all? No. I, I just asked, there was somebody else working on the shows that I was like, hey, can you give me a lift here? I didn't even mention it to anybody. I was just like, hey, can you give me a ride? 
I'll never drive with a guy like that again. Like, you get one time with me in the car like that. Also, drunk. I, there was a guy driving back from an upstate show who was drunk, and we got, and I didn't know it until the middle, like, uh, until we started driving. I was like, stop the car. I'm, I'm driving. And then he wouldn't let it happen, and I would, I'll never get in the car with that guy again in my life. Yeah. That, I, mean, I mean, I've obviously, I mean, I've talked about it on the podcast here. I've driven drunk. You know, which, I mean, a, a, most people have driven drunk that drink and have a license. Yeah. But I've I gotten enough trouble. You never have? I have once. Oh. I've gotten enough trouble with it that I won't do it anymore. And definitely, am like, I barely trusted myself driving drunk, let alone another person. Yeah. I, I Real quick, mine was I got to the driveway where I was going and realized that I didn't remember... The whole trip. And yeah. that's why I've never driven drunk ever again. I, I had one. And th- this is what probably should have got me is my we're driving from a, from a strip club, me and my buddy back in the day, hammer drunk. And he uh, turns down the music and it woke me up while I was driving. <gasps> oh, my God. And I was like, woof. I was like, damn. I was like, I was nodding. He was like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> We're not even that close to home. I was like, yeah, man, I'm sorry. I was like, I was like I'm alert, I'm alert. I was like, let's, let's pull off and get some, get some coffee. Oh, my God, yeah. dude. Yeah, you can't, you got to not do that shit. I know. I'm, I'm getting better, though. It's all but I think, it, I think it, and it fits into what you were talking about, the whole idea of, like, being manly. Because I didn't ask you, do you think you're a manly guy? No, I don't. But... You brought up a good point. We were talking about it once. You were like, I think we're in the middle of it. It's one of these things where we're like, we're not. It's almost like how comedy is now. Like, it's, it's, it's one of these things where if, if you don't sign on to one side, we're not on one side or the other ones. I get, you get the manly side to an extent, and you get the let's all relax and just be who we are. You know, but like, it's okay to be emotional. It's okay to be sensitive. You can, you can cry, but you also get, you like watching fight scenes in movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, I, I think the difference between, like, when we were kids, the, uh, the idea of, uh, of a good man and what a man is, and I say man is like, man is like a father, a provider a guy that takes care of the whole family comes home a guy that'll play catch with you but also like lay down the hammer a guy that doesn't take any shit and kicks ass not in touch with his feelings because he doesn't have time for feelings and that's not what a man is supposed to do but now i think what like a good man is is somebody that's just you know like a good father or like a like a good husband, or th- or th- those type of things, or a good partner. Well, we we have friends of ours that I did the podcast. Uh, my buddy Mike Albanese and and Alex Pavone and, and Chris Goba. They kind of their podcast is kind of on this topic, and it it kind of fits. This is where ours and theirs crosses over because we talk about conf- confidence and assertiveness. Yeah, but they're like, is it all right for men to be uh, emotional? And we're saying, where do we fall on that spectrum? You know what I'm saying? I uh, and I think I fall towards the sen- more sensitive side. But not all the way towards there. I'm like dead in the middle. I'm like a, I'm like the when it comes to like being in touch with my feelings. I think a lot of times I am the equivalent to like a closeted gay guy who's super homophobic. Oh, okay, that's a lot to unpack. Yeah, it's a lot to unpack. What what I mean is is like if like my friend mentioned something about their therapy 
my knee-jerk reaction is, oh, sounds sounds good, pussy. <laughs> but I'm also in therapy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it, it's that yeah. It's 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 that like tug and pull of you know, I, I feel like I feel like in my life I always had like an angel and devil on my shoulders being like my dad maybe being the more devilish side and the my mom being more of like the 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 light. And I'm not saying that my dad's the devil. I would like like my dad's a great dude, but right. I mean like like a lot of like the sin and my vices are the same as his. Right. So that's that's nurture that's the nurture part of what your dad did and and, and then the nurture part of what your mom did is you uh, got a good balance almost and my mom allowing me to be more of a sensitive person it also brings about self-awareness because the fact you even saying like that your your description of what you are no dude who is a complete meathead or complete manly man would ever even approach trying to dissect hey this is i think how i think i am which which i think is good i, I think I think that like stereotypical man is less and less and less and less as they continue to sell more shirts that say gender is dead. Um, yeah, I think it's I think it's it's one of those things where it's like like I think this is where we also fall in the middle of this. Me and you are similar in that way where we fall in the middle of this this spectrum or this or this ladder where it's like you see the I I'm all for people being who they are. But I'm also, I'm old enough where I'm like, I do have this. I remember after I got divorced, I, like, I still felt responsible for my, I, I wasn't responsible for my wife. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's when done. I, the only difference when I got married from when we, were, when, we, when we were engaged was I was like, oh, there's like a responsibility now. I'm like the husband. And then, and then when, it was really no difference. We, like, we, we had our own money. We, we, I worked what I worked. She worked what she worked. I, th- I think I was like, I tried to be there, you know, whatever it was, but then, then, but even after we got divorced, I was like, I still had this in my, in my brain. I still had this thing. Like I'm responsible for her well-being a little bit. And that goes away. That's just more like, you know, leftover stuff, you know, whatever it is. But what I'm trying to say is like, I still, I don't, I don't disagree with the idea of like the guy takes care of the situation, but I also am self-aware enough to know like, not in all, it's not like a, uh, it's not 1955 and it's not a thing, but I don't know. I just think, I, I, I just feel like it's, it's, there's nothing wrong with that if it's done the proper way. That's what I mean. Yeah. And On the flip side of like, hey, be whatever gender you want. I don't give a shit about that. But in situations that I'm in, I'm like, oh, I would feel responsibility to like take care of things. Even if it was just like emotionally and, and be I there. Mean, and, dude, know. I mean, there's still the thing as, as much as, uh, we want to think things have totally progressed to being like like down the middle equal. I mean, it's still a waiter percentage wise is more likely to not set the bill in the middle of the table. He's gonna slide it maybe more toward toward the guy, and that's great. But I mean, like most of the relationships I've been in, it's it's been pretty fairly split. Oh, fuck. I mean, I've I've had girlfriends that have paid way more for me but like it's it's still like that there's still that underlying gender role and also it's one of those situations and those waiters aren't doing it off of like they're like oh my they're doing it off of intuition from 
waiting on thousands of tables. Correct. And they're and they're, and then they that they run into the problem of hey, if I put it in the middle, the guy's like, "What are you doing?" And he grabs yeah. it, and so they know, hey. I have more of a chance of getting a bigger tip if I give it towards this guy because he wants to be the big shot in this situation. But I will say this. This it kind of this speaks to what I – this is a good question. You, you ask a girl out on a dating app, right? Yeah. You're paying – you guys meet up for drinks. You meet up for a meal. Usually with the dating apps, it's drinks first or a coffee, but it's usually drinks. You're paying for those drinks. Paying for the first one every time. Paying for time. those drinks. I ran into a comic. I don't even know the guy's name. We were all hanging out one night. You were actually there in the vicinity. We're in Queens. And he goes, <laughs> he was saying to me, he was like, he goes, ah, he goes, I, I don't, I never, uh, what did he say? I, I, I always just split it because it's like, I don't know if it's going to go anywhere besides that first meeting of drinks. And here's a, actually a jerk store moment for me. I turned to him, I go, no, I'm sorry, you're wrong. <laughs> I go, you asked, I go, you asked her out? He goes, yeah, but what if we don't go on a second or third date? That's, uh, that, I'm paying for the drink. I go, no, I'm sorry, you are, that's false. His reasoning is wrong. His, no, no, but, he's wrong across the board. You asked her out. If a woman asks me out. What if she asks you out? If she asks you out and she insists, I would really put up a fight. But if she was like, no, I asked you out. I would like to do this. Stop, stop playing more. Whatever it was, you know, if you had the little the, interaction, I would assume that I was still paying. But if, if I was like, you're right, you asked me out, you got it. I got the next one. Well, this is going to make me sound like such a f- fucking loser. But I, I. You only have the woman pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, listen to this. I, I, I dated a girl and the first like. Six dates, I paid for everything, and it was getting to the point. So you're saying you? Were, oh, you paid for everything. I was saying. I paid for every one of the dates. Yeah, and it was getting to the and like it was like expected by her. She had a very traditional outlook on it, and I don't think I'm wrong in this. I remember being like on some of the dates, like man, I'm really hoping that she uh, that she pays something for this, you know, like because I am broke, and also. I know for a fact that she made considerably more money than me. Yeah. So it's like we would we would leave these dates and I'm like, fuck, I got to figure out how I'm going to get through the rest of the week. Yeah. And <laughs> she was like, fine. And I remember the first yeah, time. She, that's wrong, too. She's wrong. She's wrong. It's 100% wrong. But I, rem- I remember. Especially now. Finally, we're on a date and it was pretty expensive. And I was like, oh, whew. I was like, they're gouging us here. And I sound like a cheap asshole. And then she goes, oh, she's like, I'll get the tip. I said, well, I was like, we could just split it. And what'd she say? She was like, okay, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, there's some people that... But she, she didn't want to. I could tell. Yeah, she's wrong. Yeah. And that also, it's like the same way that the, the guy I was talking about was dead wrong. It's the same way that in this... I'm not, we're not talking first date. We're not talking if you ask somebody out. Six dates in... That's egregious. That's yeah. absolutely egregious. What do, we, what do you think? You're Sharon Stone in Casino? <laughs> <laughs> putting diamonds on your neck? What the, what the hell is happening? Also, you, girl, women have to know, like, I think with comics, it's a thing where it's like, I had the same thing. Well, we, we, real quick, we've already discussed this. What? If she's Sharon Stone, I am not De Niro. <laughs> you know who, who I am. Who was that again? I'm Lester. <laughs> yeah. It's some real Lester vibes. I'm still trying to green light my... Uh, <laughs> Pre- or my prequel, the Lester Diamond <laughs> show for Netflix. I actually think that would be a really a smart, good show. And, I, it, and it, they could do it with James Woods because James Woods kind of turned into a 
kind of. I feel like James Woods kind of turned into Lester a little bit. No, I'm doing it as a prequel. I'm gonna play him. Oh, prequel. Oh, you. Oh, that's what it is. I'm okay. gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna lose eighty. I thought pounds. you meant Lester Diamond now. No, I'm gonna lose eighty pounds and I'm gonna do the prequel. <laughs> lose eighty pounds. Yeah, because he was really thin. <laughs> Get that pencil thin mustache. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That John Waters mustache. I was just gonna say that. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> just like John Waters. Um, but speaking of being manly, I will say this. <clears throat> I don't know what you would call this. Even the not even a jerk of the week. Um have you ever seen this? Uh this is the fight question I wanted to ask you. Okay. What what fights have you seen? In person, I saw one that was a movie. Speaking of casino, a movie fight that did not end how the movie ended. How'd it go? Well, it was two guys right outside my window. I hear like shouting one day. So, of course, it's so funny, like how it, especially when you're on a fairly quiet block, which this block is like quiet most of the time, how you hear any kind of noise that doesn't sound like normal. You're right away. You're, I'm at my. I have like a balcony thing outside my apartment. I'm rushing to find out what's going on. Hell yeah. Anything, you know. Could be somebody just loud on the phone. You're like, what the fuck's going on? You know. Anyway, I I hear these guys shouting. I go to the balcony. I just watch out the window. One guy's trying to back into a spot. One guy is going forward into a spot right in front of my house, directly in front of my house, just like Bronx Tale with Joe Pesci when they when they when they kill that, they kill that guy. Yeah. They kill the other guy. So I'm like, oh, my God, this is like movies come to life. This is amazing. What's the, how's this going to end? And your little collodrial sitting on the stoop watching. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm, I was the witness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, so they're trying to back in. They're yelling at each other. Almost as, in, almost as soon as I got over there, the cops were there. There was two cops there. And they were the most sensible cops I've ever seen. They were just like, come on, come on, come on. You go forward. You back up. He's like, I, I'll, I'll let you in. There was room for both cars. They were just trying to argue on who went in first, like who went in what spot or whatever it was, right? Yeah. So the cop was like, let's go, let's go. They do, they, the guy, they pull out. The one guy pulls in. The other guy pulls in. And then the, you hear the cop go to the guy. He goes, what are, you, what are you arguing for? What's your problem? And I was like, <laughs> I was actually really sensible. I, you know what I love about some of the cops in New York City is I kind of, this is probably going to be a weird take. I, I kind of feel bad for them. In the sense that you think about NYPD and you think about all the shows that there are about them, or like you're like a kid and you're like, NYPD, you mean like John McClane, Die Hard? <laughs> and then it ends up, you're, you become part of the NYPD and you're just settling disputes about parking spaces, you're checking halal guys. Uh, permits. Yep. And, you know, you're just on the subway, just so beaten down, standing there. Like, I don't even have a car. I'm on the walking through the subway beat. <laughs> because I've seen them have that, like, interaction with people. Like, you said that, where they're like, come on, what are you doing? Like, there was a guy, like, screaming at his girlfriend on a subway platform, like, almost like to the point of, like, abusive. Abusive. And one of the cops just, like, he's right there. He's like, come on, man. Don't do that. <laughs> You know, it was just what the guy do, and he and he just he stopped because I think it was almost like had the cop went there with like aggressive, like freaking out energy, the guy would have gotten in his face. It, it might have, you know, it might have escalated something. But I think he almost felt bad for the cop. Like, come on, dude. No, I think what it was is that he was a cop. I think the guy was like, "Oh sure. shit," he sobered him up. He was like, "Oh, a cop's here." Oh, I can't get to the point where he takes me away if I'm th- if I if I'm also, an asshole. Let's hope that guy didn't go home later and just 
kill his girlfriend. He hundred percent did. Jesus Christ! But I I just loved how the cop, instead of being very official police business, like, back it up. Okay, back hey, 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 yeah. is there a problem here? Against the wall. He's just seen so much bullshit in this subway that he was like, "Hey, man, can you not? I don't even have a car. They didn't even give me a horse." I have to take the train. It's a hard, it's a hard job, but it's for that reason where it's a lot of bullshit. I think you put up with. Yeah, that's why. Like, uh, my dad was a cop for a little while in the city. And then he was in corrections at Rikers Island. But when he was a cop, he, him, and friends of his said the most true show to being a cop ever in the history of television. Well, this is years ago. I don't know about now, but was Barney Miller. Do you know what Barney Miller was? No, it was a, it was like a comedy. Uh, Hal Linden or Hal something was in it from the 70s, early 80s, early 80s. And it was just like this, them going through the monotony of being cops. And it was like them like making fun of each other. Like it was like very, very like low key and just like, yeah, this is just like a kind of a whatever job and we're doing this. Barely did anything come up and happen. Like it was like barely, yeah, my dad's, my dad's Bob Lawyer, but I remember him telling me like, I don't think he either never pulled out his gun or, or, or his whole career or pulled it out like once in his career. See, that's what I'm saying. I think people get into, like, I, I think there's a probably a small, obviously people get into police work for the wrong reasons, a bunch of them, but I mean, I think. That, I think it's both. I think that there were the kids that wanted to be hero cops and see things like Die Hard or Lethal Weapon, where they get to take a drag on a cigarette and be like, all right. Looks like we're going to have to take matters into our own hands. <laughs> you can take my badge, Sarge, but I'm still solving this goddamn case. Get out of my face, Toretto. Uh, that's, that's, that's what's his name from Fast and the Furious. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Like, I think that they go into it, some of them, with that mentality, or at least I would. You're talking to the guy that went to school for broadcast journalism because he liked Anchorman. So I feel like some people's movie watching might have influenced their job, you know? A hundred percent. If I never saw Anchorman, I would have saw if they had a major to become a Terminator. <laughs> I, uh, I took, I've mentioned this, I took all the tests to be NYPD, and then I failed one of them, which was the obstacle course. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd love I told to that see story, that video. Right? Uh, there's no, there's probably no video. I know, I wish I there was. I kind of wish there was. I'd put it online now. That would go viral. <laughs> How did you fail it? I tried the first obstacle. It's just a four foot fence. I tried to climb over it. I couldn't. And I just walked to my car and I drove home. I didn't tell anybody I was leaving. <laughs> Dude, it was, it was like, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, guys like us, it was every, every like, man, every like, like, like meathead from your high school on this line watching me just run. I was, it was like gym class again. Well, well thank God. I was God, so nervous. Thank God that you didn't become a cop. Everybody would get away from you, hundred percent. They jump over. They jump over a little fence, and you're like, "All right, I guess he's gone." I would also just want everybody to like me. I would want all the criminals to like me. Me they'd too. Be like, they'd be in interrogations. They'd be like, "He'd be like, I didn't do it." I'd be like, "He didn't do it." Look how nice he looks. <laughs> nice. Or I'd I'd pull somebody over, and they'd be like. Sorry, officer. I'm just having a rough day. I'm like, yeah, but you hit a cyclist. <laughs> I know, dude. But it's been it's just been really tough. I've been going through it, and I'd be like, I know how it is, brother. I hear you. All right, hey, this one's on me. I'll go clean up the body. 
That guy seemed like an asshole anyways. Yeah. He had it coming. No, I just think, oh, I would have been an awful cop, but I will say the thing that you said about the movies, I can almost guarantee that's 98% of the people that go get into it. I, I, every dude there, I was like, oh, if, if I had this job, I don't even know who I'd be able to hang out with on the job. And let's be honest, for regular job, even for comedy, it's like who you work with is like 90% of the job. That makes the job... You have a shitty job. If you like oh. every guy that you work with, every every person you work with, it makes it that much better. Do you know my thing that's tough though? Is if I work at a job that I'm either indifferent about or kind of am not feeling, even if I like the people, I start to hate them because I associate them with the place. Really? Yeah, it's bad. Oh, I really? That's that's interesting. I know. Because I had a job. Do you know what I mean by that? It's not good. You put it as all went one big entity, yep. and you don't want to go in because you're like, I don't even want to deal with this guy. Fuck this guy. Fuck this guy. I had a job that kind of sucked. It was literally putting. It was it was a, a temp job from Miramax. Uh, years ago, um, I had re- I had to shred a bunch of papers for Harvey Weinstein. I don't know. I don't know why. Oh, uh oh. Oh, oh shit. Sean. Uh oh man. I used to have to hold a door shut. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Mine was way tamer than yours. I used to have to (laughs) drop pills in women's drinks. I'm like, this is not what an intern should be doing. A (laughs) temp should be doing. No, but we had... I I love that I was just the guy that, like, took it way too far. (laughs) Really dark. You know, it's like when you're... I'm like, he's destroying evidence. You're like, you're aiding and abetting a rape. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's, it's like when you're ribbing with a friend and he's like, hey, nice shoes. Those are great. It's like, yeah, I heard your mom's sick. (laughs) Yeah, the Jesus. zero to ninety guy. Yeah, <laughs> that's a wild guy. That is a my my the friends gu- were arguing in a in a, a group chat one time, and they they both listened to this, so I'm sure I'm gonna get a, a text about it, but I I don't care. I won't use names. Where uh, they were making fun of uh, my, my one friend was a chef. They were making fun of how food that he posted on Instagram looked. They're like, ah, that corn looks wild. That corn looks terrible. Ooh, that nasty-ass corn you're making. So he just comes back in the group chat like, oh, yeah? Well, uh, your dad doesn't talk to you. It's like, (laughs) holy shit. (laughs) Your dad left your family. It's like, god damn. (laughs) You know, that's like, that's. That's hard to deal with. That guy. The guy that can't take, like, tank, can't take it in his he, balls. Broken. He normally can. It was just something like, and 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 it, he was having a bad day. He was having a bad day, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it was a thing where he's a chef. He takes pride in his work. He loves what he does, and he cooks a thing. And and in fairness, fucking great cook. You know, great chef. Like really great at making stuff. Everyone just they were just making fun of him. Oh, th- I mean, that's all. That's all we do. That's right, all right. our friends do, and he knows it. But it was just. You know when somebody just catches you on the wrong day? Yeah, which which if you really think about it, which kind of feeds into what we're talking about here, it's like everything's done through the lens of how your day is going anyway. You know what I'm saying? True. Like, I, if, you have, if you catch me on a shitty day, somebody could say hello, and I'd be like, what the fuck does that mean? Like, I, you know, like, I, that's 100%. But if you're in that mode a lot, it probably means that you have a bad disposition in general and you're more likely to have a shitty day because you're a shitty person. Well, but if you have like infrequent shitty days, people aren't going to catch you on those days as much. Right, or I think, or if you're more, if you're more balanced, like we talk about when we're like the people pleaser aspect to it. Like, if I'm thinking, 
on a certain day that, oh my God, this guy is mad at me about this. Like, I, I still have, we talk about it so much, which is the crux of this podcast, but like, but it's one of these things where I think the more like, the more balanced you are, the more you're seeing th- things through an even lens and you're like, hey, this guy's being, this guy's got stuff going on. I think, I love yeah. the, I actually like that guy. The, ah, the, the guy who doesn't talk any shit and he has, and he goes, like, he's probably got his own things going on. It's all right. Don't worry about it. And he just like, yeah. pun- he just punched the guy in the face. <laughs> punch you in the face. You go, you're going through your own stuff. Don't worry about it. I'll, I'll go to the hospital. Or like the, 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 uh, that's just Phil. Yeah. Well, that actually I don't like. I, I don't I, like I, it either. I, I'm not mature enough to be, because I have a friend of mine who, uh, I'll I'll talk shit about somebody and then he'll go yeah but you know like his, when he was like eight his parents divorced and I'm like so what <laughs> that's no excuse he's only be a good person yeah <laughs> I I love the you know oh that's that's just Dave man that's just Dave he's 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 gonna be an asshole. He's he's gonna he's gonna steal off you. But that's just him. You don't know what he's been through. <laughs> Dave just robs yeah. people. He's gonna come to your if, if he if, if you leave your wallet around him, he's gonna take it. Don't leave your wallet <laughs> around Dave. That's just Dave. It's like, yes, Dave is a thief and a bad person. They make it your fault. Yeah. Well, you left your wallet around, Dave. You get what you ask for. <laughs> but that's I what would... I mean. Like, I think there's I think you have personal responsibility, but I love the guy who is like I'm so confident and I'm so okay with myself. I'm not gonna blame everything. I'm just I'm not gonna blame myself or anybody else. I'm just gonna like somebody who's like in touch with the universe enough to be like, shit happens. People have bad days, and I'm just I'm just trying to be as happy as I can for the day. That would be great. People go overboard with that, where they get they get a little bit too um, they're uh, too too uh, rosy in the lenses. Where phony it's, positive. Well, phony too. Po- phony positive sucks. Yeah, I want like. Like, like natural, healthy, positive. I got a good idea for a show that we should write. What's that? Called PPPD. People, pleaser, People Pleasers Police, Police Department. <laughs> where me and you are like buddy cops, but neither of us is the grizzled badass, or neither of us are the guys that are over it. We both just come back to the car, or I come back to the car after talking to a speeder, and you're like, so did you give him a ticket? Nah, he seemed like a nice guy. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, his car's kind of beat up too. He definitely can't afford it. Good thinking. See, knowing how horny you are usually, I thought the show would be called Penis, 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 Dick. <laughs> I feel like that's your. <laughs> that's just my Google search history. <laughs> penis, 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 Dick. Um, yeah, that's a brilliant you idea. Couldn't even throw a, a pussy in there for yeah, me? Yeah. Jesus, it's all wieners. Penis, 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 Dick. But yeah, it's a lot of dick related. Cool. Um, <laughs> cool. I don't bring it up all episode, and you're the one that brings it up. That's true. Good point. And I'm the pervert. They would just be. There would be like thirty second episodes. They would be like, yeah. <laughs> like, hey, there's been a murder, and people please their police department's like, ah, let's just let's just chalk it up to the universe. Yeah. <laughs> our, our sergeant's like, like, uh, hey, Ray, we're gonna take you off the case, and I'm like, yeah, why? Because it's personal. It's like, yes. All right, seems like a good idea. <laughs> I'll sit this one out. Yeah, I'll just retire. I'll take some paid leave. <laughs> I'm too old for this shit, and I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the right age for this shit, but ever, uh, you make a lot of sense, Sarge. You ever, you ever, you ever hear that kind of crazy fact about Lethal Weapon? If you haven't seen the Lethal Weapon movies, they're fantastic. Have you seen them? You yeah, have seen I them. love Lethal Weapon. Love them. You realize in the first one... We always said I'm Riggs and you're Murtaugh. Well, you said that. Oh. I never said that. 
I thought you said you were Murta. Oh, oh, Murta, Murta. Yeah, and you're I'm rigged. rigged. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Uh, right. Nobody else says it. you say that. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> and I, I and there is still an open challenge for Jake Busey to come to a story of Queens and fight me in <laughs> Sean Donnelly's yard. But did we already talk about the too old for this shit thing? That Danny Glover is fifty in the first one. So by the time we throw up in four rolls around, like he's already saying I'm too old for this shit when he's fifty. Yeah. He's still in it. That's like twenty years later. He's in his seventies and he's still a cop. At one point, why did why did he not turn around and go, No, really, I'm too old for this shit. I'm retiring. <laughs> I've had I'm, thirty years, forty I'm years. Seventy five years old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's like my it's that's just, you know, that's just a cool catchphrase. It's like my so, dad's buddy Hoover. Who uh, every time he would, uh, that's his last name, uh, is it my dad's buddy Hoover, where every time he gets a drink or a shot, he takes a shot and he goes, ah, that's it for me. That's it for me. And then he has 15 more. <laughs> and after everyone goes, ah, yeah, that's it for me. I'm done. I'm done. That's it for me. That's, that's and not a catchphrase. That's alcoholism. <laughs> <laughs> we, we went out with him the one day and uh, I hadn't seen him in years. And I'd say to my dad after we're all hanging out, I was like, that's so funny that he does that. That's it for me. It's almost like a knee-jerk thing. And my dad's like, yeah, he's been doing it for 35 years. He's, just said, he's been saying that's it for me since he was 22. <laughs> what about that? Like, he, he probably just does that. He probably drinks all day and does that all day. You, there, there is drinks. Like, what does he, he does it with every different type of drink. He's like, dude, he runs a... Beer distributor. He owns a beer distributor, and if I, when I went there on my twenty-first birthday, he with my dad, he was like, "Hey," or maybe it was for my graduation party from college. But either way, he's like, "Hey, Ray," because we were grabbing the beer from him. Come to the back. Come to the back. Uh, little ice, like the room, like where all the beer was kept cold. Like that cold room in a beer distributor. It's the best room on the planet because it feels so good in the summer. And we sat back there and drank beers. That's pretty great. It's one of the be- that was one of the best beers you could have. That's a pretty amazing back of the beer, beer distributor ice cold room beer. Yeah, I actually don't think it's legal for him to do that, but um, Pro- I don't think it is. No, but it was fun. But I I wouldn't worry about it. He'll be okay. Yeah, but the uh, but you think that's because I said the best beer I ever had had to have been this. I brought up that I went to Ireland once. I went to Northern Ireland, and everybody bugs you to have. A Guinness. A Guinness. And it got to the point where I love Guinness. I love Guinness more than anything. Yeah. And it got to the point where I was, it was getting annoying. People being like, you got to have a Guinness? You gotta, I'm like, yeah, of course. Like, I'm a big Guinness drinker. I'm going to I'm gonna have a Guinness. And then I went to this place, the Globe Tavern. And, dude, it was the best beer moment. Ever. It was like, it was, it was yards and miles beyond any Guinness I've ever had in my life. It was the freshest, most it, amazing Guinness I've ever had in my it life. It tastes different. It tasted way different. Like it was, it was magical. You know, you know what my favorite beer is? What? It's like a pole beer. I love being in a pole, like a swimming pole, and just, it's not a specific. No, I got you. But just being in a pole and just cruising a beer. Well, we already talked about Fourth of July. It's coming up this weekend. Perfect time for a pole beer. Outdoor drinks makes the most sense on Fourth of July. And, uh, yeah, pool. You love day drinking. We've established that. Yes. Pool beers. Yeah, I could see that. I don't know if you mean like where you're on the float, like you're on the uh, the, the, the 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 pool float. 
Is that what they call it? Float? Am I saying the wrong? Yeah, a raft. Raft. The raft. raft. And you have the, like, the holder for the beer there. You need the whole scenario or just be in a pool with a beer? I need to be standing in a pool in the shallow end, just kind of hunkered down, just holding a cruiser. <laughs> would you, do you think if you had a pool, like if you own one, you would partake in all the paraphernalia that comes with pool drinking? So like almost like a float for the beer, a uh, uh, a, a raft that pong. has beer things in it. Uh, I think yeah, like a, a cooler that is pool related stuff like that. Basically, every Shark Tank product there is. <laughs> it's always beer stuff. <laughs> a little tiki bar. I'm swimming around in the pool with that uh, football helmet that has the beers connected to the top, <laughs> and it's just a constant stream. <laughs> pool pool intravenous beer that just is. <laughs> Connected to your veins, just just the uh, the, the 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 intro, uh, the IV part is just floating in the water. And you're just... <laughs> you know, it's a great beer that we don't get in in uh, in New York City. What's that, Shinerbach? Well, yeah, actually, we do have Shinerbach now. Well, well, not the not the kind of beer, but oh, uh, after cutting the grass, beer. You just you're just describing like suburban dad beers. Yeah. A lot of them. Yeah, those are the best beers. But you have to yeah you have to have a lawn for that one because you need those beers. I mean, have you had a bunch of those? You cut the grass and I had a beer. Maybe one or two. But it felt good. Feels really good. Do you feel like speaking of movies? Do you feel like Andy Andy Dufresne's friends on the top of the of the the library after they after they they tarred the the uh, the roof? I would yes. That I, seems like a great. I thought of that the minute you said the after the lawn beer. That's an all-time beer. Is the tarring the roof in prison beer? Yeah. Because Tim Robbins knows his way around accounting. <laughs> is is there a movie scene that makes you want to have a beer more than that? Probably not. No, man. No, that's they make it look so refreshing after those guys. And any job that I've had that people have beers after the job that's like manual labor job, like like it really it feels amazing. It really feels amazing. It feels like you deserve it, and it's not filling. Like you know, beers usually filling, but after you just sweat out in the sun all day, you're picking up rocks, you're shoveling, digging, and then you just sit down at the bar. Yeah. Dude, I, I man, you know, like that's the thing. Like, I'm having a beer after this. Comedy is a we do comedy is our job. Comedy is a fun job, but I gotta be honest. I do whatever jobs I've had where I've worked hard and it, there was a physical aspect to it. I do feel more fulfilled after that day of work than I do waiting to go on the road to do weekends. I don't, you don't you don't have that like hey I did something today feeling. Don't get me wrong. Comedy is a difficult job. It, not a lot of people can do it. It's hard to get make some headway in it. It's it's also you know it's a hard business. Show business is a hard business, but not in the way of actually hard like toiling. Well, there's not work. a physical tool. It's, it's a mental tool, and mental tools from a job. A beer after isn't going to feel as good as a physical tool beer. No, not even close. You know what some people love? What a beer after a run. Those marathon runners, they run a marathon, and then they get hammer drunk. Oh, well, that's a celebratory. I, ran, I would drink all the beers if I ran a marathon. Are you kidding me? You talk about burning calories from a day of uh, uh, work. Imagine from a, a, a running up 26.2 miles. <laughs> I never drink after <laughs> marathons. Oh, all the marathons you've run? You've yeah, never had a drink? I never had a beer after a marathon. Well, explain. Well, have you ran a marathon? 
I said I've never had a beer <laughs> after running a marathon. Right. But you're using a little bit of backwards logic there. After, I think there's a piece of information that's missing from that sentence. What are you trying to say? You've never had a beer. You, you've had zero beers after all the marathons you've run. Because I would like to keep my body a temple. Or there's another, there's another little piece there that I think you're not saying. I'd like you... What do you to want me to say, Donnelly? Okay, after all, of the mar- all the marathons you've run, you've never had a drink. I've never run a marathon. I'm sorry, what? I've never run a marathon, per se. Right. That's, that's, I've that... never run a marathon, per se. Per se. I've run a marathon... I've probably run 26 you miles in my life. You can't just throw per se at the end of something to make it sound like you might have done it. I've run multiple marathons not consecutive. I didn't do the miles consecutive. Are you just saying that all the running in your life thus far might have added up to a marathon? Definitely has. I did two miles yesterday. Mile and a half. I did a mile and a half. I told Colin. I told Colin. <laughs> I appreciate I ran, your backtrack. I told Colin I ran two miles yesterday. I ran. I, I. I. I didn't do the last quarter of a mile lap. I think. I think that happens all the time, though. I think. How much do you? That's talk about rounding up. Oh, yeah. That's a round up figure right there. I'm such. There's a round lead. down figures and round up figures. Actually, no. Mostly are just round up figures. Penis size, round up figure. <laughs> <laughs> Height, round up figure. How much did you run today? How, no, much, how, much, how penis much? size, round up when I tell men, round down when I tell women. <laughs> Why, just to make it seem more impressive? Lower expectations. That's like, you're, you, you're good on that. That's like your dating app situation where you're yeah. like, I put like, not a great, that's a really smart move. Under deliver, over perform. Well, as we know. Or under, under perform, uh, tell her your dick's smaller so it looks bigger. Per se. I couldn't, per se. Hey yo, I'm rocking per se. That's a, <laughs> that's a good look on me per se. Everything's per se. I've listed, I've lifted a thousand pounds per se. Per se, I have lifted a thousand pounds. I've had an orgy per se. I I used, I, I did um a thousand push-ups per se. I'm a successful comedian per se. <laughs> I'm, I'm not even per se. <laughs> we just kick the. That's pro- that's probably the sign that we're that we're out of here. We got to take off. We, we should do. Uh, we had one. You have a jerk of the week. I don't. You know what we were? I'll just peel back the curtain for everybody. We were gonna say uh, the Supreme Court, but. I think people are talking about that way too goddamn much. They need to shut their mouths, per se. Yeah. <laughs> um, <It's> just... <laughs> here's the thing. <laughs> so they overturn Roe v. Wade, per se. <laughs> <laughs> no, they just literally overturned oh. it. You uh, could still get abortions, per se. Should we start having a legal section on the podcast <laughs> each week? Brand new jerks, legal, like, this is so legal stupid. aids. Brand new legal aids. <laughs> it's so dumb. <laughs> I, I'll be okay. So here's we'll call I'm my buddy have, Tom. I'm gonna have my moment right now with you. Where before the podcast, you were telling me like, "Hey, uh, jerk of the week, the Supreme Court." I think we can make it funny, and I'm like, "Okay," because we try to do in the podcast. Tell the people what we try to do is we don't want to get too political. There's too much of that. It's a lot of bullshit. But we have before. Well, I want to said be fu- quasi political. I want to be funny first. 
and I thought person. we could be. I thought we could talk about it in a way that was somewhat humorous and not political and not and not as political. But <laughs> and I said abortion is the most political thing there is. You could make an argument. What's more political than than abortion? Um, the border. No. <laughs> I don't fucking... You know, clearly I know nothing about politics. How many times do we have to go over this? That's why I thought it would be good to talk about. Um, That's why I don't think it's that political. I I think everybody should just mind their fucking business. And it literally, let, abortion divides families. It divides neighborhoods. Abortion literally divides families. <laughs> it eliminates something. Okay, I think we found it. <laughs> it takes a bite out of the family. <laughs> oh, my God. Um. Yeah. Uh. You know. I think you can tell by the podcast we talked about uh, where we kind of lean. We do think we feel like in the middle of this whatever spectrum is going on yeah. right now politically and, and I think and I think women should be able to have a choice over their own body and they should have the right to choose what they do with their body and that abortion should be legal. And Sean thinks that the <laughs> no, Supreme Court is doing a bang up job. <laughs> And he doesn't understand why those three justices won't get their heads out of their asses and join the rest of the party. <laughs> this is like the fourth end of the episode where I just speak for you. It's, it's, it's out of nowhere. You're like, okay, so we're going to wrap up right there. Oh, we're out of time, Sean. I start speaking. You're like, ah, we're out of time. Or, the, or when I go to edit the episode, I just edit it with all different clips of you. And you're just like, yes, I... Do agree with <laughs> that it it is just from like twelve different episodes. The ransom note of audio. <laughs> uh, I this is a pro choice podcast, but I don't think I have to say that. It's pretty it's a, obvious. It's I, a very pro choice. So podcast. the minute you start talking about it, it's so political. I'd wear condoms if I wasn't pro choice. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I love painting a ceiling. Why should that be? Why should the greatest thing on earth be have hindered? that type of punishment? <laughs> a child. Be muted? Yeah. That, that's what, that's, you know, speak, speaking of, we've, we've had our religious talk. There is no God if the God has it set up like that. Do you know what I mean? Like, like no. God should be for abortion. Something that feels that good. He wouldn't torture us by making it have to have a kid <laughs> most of the time. Am I explaining that right? What I'm saying is, is it feels so good when you leave it in. Penis, 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 dick. See, well, you brought this out of me. <laughs> it feels so good when you leave it in, and 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 you know, God doesn't want to give me a fail safe so that I don't ruin some kid's life by being a bad father to it. Maybe I'm not the right person to speak on this. <laughs> it feels good. You, you, made, you made the issue of abortion, which is about women controlling their own bodies, about you having sex. <laughs> you realize what you just did. You made it. You went, yeah, 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 all that, yeah, autonomy, and yeah, obviously, yeah, yeah, whatever. But raw dog fucking is the best kind of fucking. <laughs> am, am I wrong? <laughs> Show me where the lie is. 
<laughs> the line for the insensitivity of abortion just we 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 drove past it about two miles ago. Twenty six point two miles ago, we drove past it. No, I'd, I'd like to apologize. Apologize to who? Huh? To who? To women and to you for dragging you into this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think this is the perfect time to end the podcast. <laughs> yeah, just before I before I do any more damage. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, awkward. that actually wasn't an awkward. That was a cool handshake. That was a really. That was a cool little slap handshake. Hell yeah. Well, hey, you know where to find us. Brand new jerks pod on TikTok. Go out to the YouTube channel. Uh, we now have two episodes out there of First Worst Street. Uh, where Sean and I are talking about our first joke, worst joke, and some of our favorite street jokes. Uh, so go on there, check that out. Make sure to subscribe. Uh, if you haven't already rate and reviewed the podcast on any of those platforms, go ahead and do that. Follow us separately. I mean, we, we always uh, are putting up uh, dates when you could see us doing live stand-up comedy. Uh, Sean is at Shawnee Time on all social media. And he, this weekend, you can go catch him at... Governor's Comedy Club in Long Island. In Levittown, his- yeah. There's two shows, uh, one Friday, one Saturday. Uh, if, if, if you're from Long Island, you know me, you're a fan, come on out. It's going to be a lot, a really good time. Hell yes. And uh, follow me on uh, any social media. I'm at Raby Killingham. Uh, tonight, actually, when this comes out tonight, I will be at the Pittsburgh Improv. If you're in Pittsburgh, uh, come see me. Uh, and that's it. That's all we got for you. All right. See you next week. I'm out of breath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that was a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah.